Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show. I am your host, Dr. Renee, and welcome back for yet another amazing week. I want to go ahead and say thank you to all of you who continue to follow the Inner Revolution with Dr. Renee on all of the aspects of social media, the platforms out there. We truly appreciate your support. And if you have yet to check out our radio page, why don't you go ahead and do that today at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Inner Revolution. And if you are connected to Facebook, you can and actually leave comments on our radio page after each and every show. So thank you again for the support. I am so excited about the show this week. I know I say this all of the time, but I have such incredible guests. We are talking about such important things. You know, when I started this podcast and I wasn't sure what direction I was going in, I sort of said, I'm just going to lay into the wings of the angels and they're going to lead me where I need to go. And surely they have. And this show has really become a beautiful space where we look at the human experience through a spiritual lens. And we have lots of beautiful individuals in the field of spirituality, as well as psychology, and all those beautiful areas in between. And today, I actually have one of my besties in the entire world, a woman that I so dramatically look up to who is just profoundly beautiful. So who am I talking about? I am talking about Diane Dublois. You guys may know her on Instagram, someone who we all look up to and is just such a beautiful soul. And we'll talk a little bit more about her in just a bit. But Diane is an intuitive tarot reader. She is so many things, let me tell you, but she's a psychic medium, Holy Fire 3 Reiki master teacher, a grief Reiki practitioner, spiritual mentor, divination enthusiast, wife, and divine mother. And as an intuitive and Reiki master, Diane has held space for her clients for over nine years, helping them navigate through life challenges, awakening, spiritual transformations, and incorporating newfound energies of light into their lives. She is absolutely beautiful. And she's not only that, but she also is a dancer, which I had no idea about, enjoys archaeology, history, and she's brilliant nonetheless, and someone who also loves music as I do myself. And so let's go ahead and get this beautiful soul on the show. Diane, are you with us? I am with you. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I am brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about having you. And I want to tell the listeners, this was something I had been thinking about for a very long time. And when we are recording the show now, we are still in the beginning of 2000 and, oh, excuse me, 2020. Let me go ahead and say that. We are in 2020 now in the early part. And right. my second book is still under construction, but due to come out this early part of the year, and it is called The Goddess Within. 
And I had been pondering this book for a long time, sat on it, sat on it, sat on it in many different ways. And our mutual beautiful friend, Jillian, who's been on the show, had a poem in her book that was called The Goddess, I believe, um, and just truly inspired me to finish that book. And I just started writing, starting writing, started writing. And then I had this idea for a podcast. I said, wouldn't it be interesting to talk about the di different archetypes of the goddess? And I couldn't think about who I would want on the show with that yet. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to do this myself. And then bam, there you are. <laughs> One day. And I said, oh my God, it's Diane. Aww. Diane needs to be here. So I'm so excited that we get to talk about this today because of some recent events going on in both of our lives, but particularly yours. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, is there anything else you want to talk about in relation to, you know, who you are, sort of how you got started in the in the field of spirituality? Uh, yes. First of all, um, spirituality, that is a broad spectrum, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we call ourselves spiritual or we practice spirituality. Uh, we're religious, we're not religious. It all encompasses one. I mean, you can have a religion, you can have a faith, you can have spirituality all at the same time. And so I don't want to in this include, I don't even know if that's a word, but I don't want to not include the people who are religious or believe they are religious because you are spiritual as well. Absolutely. You have a faith, you believe in something, you believe in something other than yourself, which is a glorious thing to do. So I don't want to say that being religious and not spiritual are not the same thing because to me they are yeah absolutely does that make sense yeah yep and, and, I've, and I've yeah and I've, I've talked about that many times you know on the show because as you know I am very religious as well as spiritual but I see it all as one as well and I think this is beautiful that we're coming back into this really divine oneness so thank you for mentioning that you're welcome and I too think that um these these last 10 years, this last decade of my life in my 50s, I, I learned a lot about that. I learned about what it is to be faithful, um, is what I call it, or being true to your, your inside, your faith, and becoming spiritual. And in saying that, it heightened my ability, so to speak, um, to new levels that I did not even know existed. Mm -hmm. And they're still continuing to grow. In the meantime, this last decade has taught me that, you know what, if I have faith and if I have faith in something, it becomes spiritual for me. Yes. So that's my spiritual adventure. My spiritual experience is my faith and not, you know, a religious faith, although I do have one and I am a practicing Catholic, actually. But just having faith and bringing that into it inside of me, which is spiritual, I've brought more people back to their spirituality than I can even count. Yeah. And that's why I am a spiritual mentor, because I, I believe that when you speak of these things and when you speak true to your heart, that people resonate with that. And they say, you know what? Sometimes they say, God wants you back or the universe wants you back. And people just start to cry because they've never heard that before. Mm. All they've heard is a bunch of rules and regulations and what you have to do to be a good this and a good that. That that doesn't fly with me too well. It's right. what you live your life to be and how you live every day that makes you spiritual, that makes you religious, that makes you faithful. Um, so that's what I try to bring to my clients is that feeling that you belong. You belong even though you, you think you don't. That self-talk in you is saying, God would never want me back or the universe, you know, who am I? Why not you? Why right. not you? 
And when I say things like that to people, especially in readings, they just bust down because nobody has ever really talked about that to them that, you know, they're always saying, well, you don't go to church or you don't do this or you don't do that. But what do you do? You have faith. And to me, that's beautiful. So you are a faithful, glorious soul. And I invite you into my world. You are such an amazing mentor. And I know I've had personal readings with you as well as just a a divine friendship that I'm so blessed to have. And we have an event coming up that we'll talk about at the end of the show. I'm really excited about so. So listeners, stay tuned because we are definitely going to be doing a beautiful, beautiful event. I think, is it in April, right? I'm trying to think of the date. First weekend in April. So that we'll definitely talk about. Yay. I know. It's so exciting. And, you know, I was so wanting to do this show on this topic, but it just wasn't the right time. And I think as we moved into 2020 and particularly into this year of perfect vision, it became really hard for me and my own self to stay quiet when I knew things were wrong and people were cheating the systems or even bypassing behavior that should be of a goddess in a way and gods and goddesses. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that really started to enter into my being was why were people doing this? You know, it's, and I could have called lots of things out, Mm -hmm. but it's not my nature because I certainly haven't lived a life of perfection. And, you know, and I tell people all the time, we're often led to behaviors out of fear, out of worry, anxiety. We don't feel we're going to live up to things, what have you. But, but this transition as we get older has become really interesting to really talk about. We have lots of people out in the world who talk about aging gracefully and what does that sort of mean? This is different um, on a spiritual level. And I loved when you started to embark on this next phase of your life, I said, oh, Diane's showing it right here. And what I'm talking about for the listeners is this transition that we all go through as men and women, as we start to age, we start to have these different spaces in our lives. And one thing I said to my students just a week ago, we were talking about the different crises in life. You know, they still use that word in psychology, crises. So, you know, terrible twos, adolescence, pregnancy, perimenopause, midlife, you know, and then death. These are the major crises that we have in life. And one of my students called out when I asked, what are the crises in life? And she raises her hand, God bless her soul. And she says, midlife crisis, you know, like when men go and marry the young women (laughs) and drive the convertibles. And I said, wow, that's not stereotypical by any imagination, right? We had a chuckle. It was so much fun. And I said, you know, women do that too. And she got really quiet and the boys started to perk up like, yeah, yeah, it's not just us. And I said, women have a hard time in in middle life too at times, but just like every baby doesn't have terrible twos and every teenager doesn't go through a hormonal bath, not every person in midlife is going to have a crisis. I said, but let's talk for a minute. And she said, well, doctor, why, why do you think they have such a hard time in midlife. You would think they have the most money they're probably ever going to have. You know, they have families, they have this, this, and this. So here was my point, and we can talk about this, was midlife is a time that elevates you compared to the past period of your life where you were always looking ahead. And when you get to midlife now, you're almost risen onto a platform in which you're both looking forward and back equally at the same amount of intensity. You're not just looking forward 
and aspiring and building and going forward, knowing you have lots of time. It's like a pause in the middle of your life where it says, you've done this, but you still have this amount of time to go, but you don't have forever anymore. And so now you start to reflect on, have right. I done enough? Do I have enough time? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? And I said, can you imagine how that feels? And everyone got really quiet and they're only 20 and they got really quiet. And I was blessed with that yeah. moment because I think the young really heard this, but here's what I didn't want to happen. I don't want fear for young people as they think about aging, because I used to be so afraid to get older. Can you talk a little bit? Because I know you're going through some beautiful transitions right now and things like that. How have you approached, particularly the last couple of decades in your life and reflecting back on that, you know, what have you seen through, you know, that growth that's taken you to where you are right now? That's a, that's a really good point. And bless those kids' hearts. You know, mm -hmm. they're in their 20s and oh my goodness. Wow. They're so sweet. I love my <laughs> they <stage>. are. Yeah. <laughs> But for me, it, it, I've been looking back at the last two decades, actually, my, my 40s and 50s. I had a, an adopted child when I was 40. So that's mm. old for some people to start a family. For me, I thought I was going to die because Aww. when I received this little bundle of joy, menopause kicked in. And I had both going on at the same time. So for me, I had no way up or down sideways, whatever was going on. I just kind of went through it. And I'm, I went to the doctor, I remember going, my feet are so hot. I don't know what's going on, but my feet are really, really hot. I'm like you're perimenopausal. I'm like, what yeah. is that? I have a newborn, I can't be doing anything crazy here. And they're saying, well, you know, you do this and this, and this is what's going to happen. Okay, fine. So we start with the perimenopausal thing, but then I have a newborn at the same time. Now that was a trip because yeah. I had the same you're thing. Trying, yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's looking back on it now. I barely remember it, Yeah. but I do remember feeling inadequate. I do remember feeling, look at those young girls with those babies and how energetic they are. And sometimes I had to just pause and sit down and, you know, let the, let the child play for a minute on their own. Yeah. And I, I remember looking at that thinking, I don't have the energy to do what these young kids are doing with their children. But then I found the energy somehow through the grace of God. I think I found it and I did my best and my best was good enough. So anybody who's going through that, that have children later on in life, bless your hearts for one, but know that you are enough. Yeah. And that you're going to learn so much from that child because you're not so worried about being in your 30s and all this vibrancy going on with Amen. you. Amen. And you bring a and whole different dimension, right? As a mother, I had, too. now I birthed my children, but I had them at 39 and 37. So I was very similar to you. And when I birthed Alex, I immediately went into perimenopause. I thought I was in postpartum because I had had a little bit of postpartum depression after Liv. But after Alex, I thought that's just what it was. And then a year and a half later, I'm like, how can I still be in postpartum? You know, this is really long. Right. I can't be there. And right. they said, nope, welcome to perimenopause at 41. And <laughs> I was like, good God, right? I'm like, this is the, not the gift I wanted. But I hear you. It's so hard to, to have that energy because we have this fantasy of what a mother is like. A mother is young. 
right? A mother is all energetic and vibrant and making bento boxes and, you know, knitting scarves and sweaters. And, and it's so not like that. <laughs> so thank you for sharing yeah. that. <laughs> I, I just kind of, I just kind of said, you know what, this is where I am. This is what I've been blessed with. Um, and we're just going to rock this thing out. So I was always the older mom at the school functions. I was always mm -hmm. the older person here and there. And it, I thought about it then, and I, I still think about it now that it's okay because those women would come to me and say, yes. how do you handle this? What are you doing here? And, you know, why aren't you frazzled? I think the age didn't help to me. It helped me because I wasn't frazzled. I, I had been through my frazzledness part of life. So then I had something to offer that was calm, that was secure, that I could be there for my child in a way that wasn't so frazzled, wasn't so, I got to go here, 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 do this and that. I didn't have to do anything but take care of that child. Yeah. That was my job. And then in my 40s and 50s, I raised this child. And now I'm, I'm here at 60. And my child's off to college, which is my friends are having grandbabies. So I don't have a grandbaby yet, yet, but I'm sending my child to school. Um, and now I'm finding a new purpose in life is to look at my 60s as like this decade for me has to rock. I have to touch souls that I've never touched before. I have to be me in a better version of me, which the, the past wasn't bad, but the better version of me is the more spiritual me, the more, the less talk more feel, more insert yourself when you're needed mm. kind of phase. I love that. Um, and listening a ton more to people and their struggles, their worries. And I can now say that I've been there. Um, I won't tell that to people, but I understand where you are. You know, I know what you're feeling. This is how I felt. And this is what I did. They seem to respond to that more. My clients do. They seem to respond more to the quietness of me and to the less spoken me, I guess would be the right word, so that they can just like tell me what they're going through. And I understand because I've been there. Now, getting to 60, was that hard? Yeah. And is it still hard to process that I'm 60 and I'm going through the next decade of my life? Yeah. And what does that even look like? Yes, it's hard. And I talked to my mother-in-law, she's 87. We have some deep conversations and she is my so-called crone because she has so much wisdom. She's raised six children. Wow. She has grandchildren. She, she knows every aspect of life, according to me. So I just sit there and listen to her. So like people sit there and listen to me, I listen to her. And her wisdom is brilliant, even in her silence. Just her energy mm -hmm. is just amazing for me. So I've picked up that from her, like being silent is not that you don't care. It's just you're, you're trying to be silent so the other person can feel what that feels like to go within yeah. and to be silent with yourself and to know it's okay because you totally are enough. You know, I was, I was thinking, I love how you said that even in silence. As I started to write the book, it was originally called The Goddess Mother. And I didn't want men to be afraid to read the book because we're all comprised, right, of, of divine feminine, divine masculine energy. And so I got to thinking because the book that I'm writing right now originally started out 
being called the goddess mother. And I have a, a chapter in there on the seven archetypes of the, of the female. And I was talking about all these different things. And I didn't want to exclude men from this because as we know, we are all comprised of divine feminine, right? Divine masculine energy and things like that. But I do have a very special part of my heart because I was thinking about my own journey to motherhood and, you know, you, Diane, I mean, that was 20 years ago. I mean, that was such a different time as far as being an older mother. So you were such a trailblazer where today it's about, it's far more common, right? And it's, it's not unlikely. Even when I think about my kid's school, most of us mothers are about the same age. So we all had our kids in our mid to late thirties. So, you know, but what you were saying though, is so true that this reflection, this kind of looking back upon yourself of being enough and having these women in our lives, like your mother-in-law and other people to really kind of assure us and show us that this is what we must go through. And for the listeners, if you're unfamiliar with these different archetypes, we're talking about the basic sort of transitional phases that we sort of go through as women and men as well. And, you know, one of the things that's really powerful, if you look into Carl Jung's work, we kind of known that know that there were the seven archetypes, but they kind of get lumped in some common ones. But we're talking about the lover, the mother, the maiden, the mother. There's also the queen, the huntress, the mystic, right? And the wise woman. You know, why do we want to look at these? Why is it important to think about archetypes? Because an archetype is basically a portal into how the world sees us. And more importantly, it's an inner mirror that I talk about in the book. And an archetype offers us insight into the internal forces that motivate and maybe even frustrate you as well. I really wanted to have this show today because you know, I'm getting close to 50. I just, we're both, I was going to say, we both just had our birthday. So happy birthday to you. Yes, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and you're in a new decade. I'm close, you know, I'm getting there. And, you know, there's, there's reason to start to celebrate as we get older versus being fearful. But for the longest time, the world sort of saw women aging as not so graceful. I mean, even thinking of hence the name the crone. It doesn't even sound great, right? And that's why I like the revision in a way of the mystic and the wise woman and being comprised of these multiple energies of having this magical aspect about you, but as well as having and growing into this beautiful essence of wisdom. So, So what did you find, particularly recently, was your greatest challenge in, in being able to really just embrace, you know, getting into this phase of your life? What was that sort of either voice or thing that kept showing up for you that, that started to maybe make you kind of fear moving into this phase of your life? The fear was that as I looked at it is I'm not good enough. I'm not wise enough and I'm not old enough. But yeah. then, you know, the years say, yes, you are. But then my inner voice or the inner critic says, no, you haven't experienced enough. Well, I thought to myself, you know, I've experienced a whole bunch of things, um, a lot of bad, a lot of nasty. But then out of that came the woman that I am now. Yeah. And I didn't, one thing I, I didn't want to do is to judge myself by what I had experienced and bring that into my now. 
right? Um, yeah. Because I didn't want, I don't have a part of that in me anymore. I mean, it happened, but it's not who I am. I don't want people to perceive me as that. I want people to perceive me as somebody who is comfortable in her own skin. Now I had to get there myself, right? I had to say, okay, yes, I am getting older. Yes, I have bumps where I didn't have bumps. I have um, different pants where I couldn't, you know, fathom wearing before. Just the outer part of me was changing. You know, you have the gray hair going on, um, all these outer things. But then I looked and I said, you know what? That's not important anymore. What's important is what's inside of me. Um, so I had to get comfortable in my own skin, my own mm. spirituality, um, my own intuitiveness, uh, my creative powers to manifest things were were heightened. Yes. And I think that's really what set it for me apart that my passion and my knowing of life wanted to continue. I didn't want to stop at 60 and say, okay, I'm done. I'm done learning. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm not done. I am just now beginning to embrace all that has happened to me, did happen to me, whatever, all these intuitive gifts that I've kind of honed into right now. But embody that person and, and knowing that it's okay, that it can be me. And I am unselfishly willing to share my honesty and my truth with others with wisdom and compassion now. And I look at my mother-in-law that way. And now I have to look at myself that way. And that, to me, was the hardest part is to think I am kind of like her now. Accepting that and knowing that it's a beautiful thing, knowing that people want to hear what I have to say now. Yeah. Which yeah. was freaky for me for the longest time. Like right. what, you know, I don't have anything to say, but I do. And I'm not saying I know everything because I am on this journey now that is just phenomenal for me. It, it's, it, I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm mentoring all at the same time. So I am the teacher, the student all at once. Then you have the physical discomforts when you get older and you have to yeah. go, Oh, my knee hurts today. <laughs> You have all that stuff to deal with, but there's no greater power in the world than a postmenopausal woman. I think it, it's just—I love it. It's yeah. just we're, we're we can rock, and we are okay with putting all this stuff that we used to worry about aside, and knowing what's true to worry about and what's true. Not I don't like the word worry. I like the word to pray it. Mm. Um, if I have time to worry, I have time to pray now. Yeah. So instead of worrying, I pray. Where before I would just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end and what am I going to do? So the dignity and wisdom and grace that I've accepted into myself within these last like four months. Sounds like you have really taken the leap now into this phase of your life and are just accepting. So do you have any recommendations, suggestions, you know, from your own personal path for our listeners out there and how they can kind of come to a space of releasing this fear and maybe just moving into these phases that they're getting called into? For me, it was just realizing they are phases, um, just like everything else, you know, that it comes and goes in waves. Um, yeah. Recognizing that this phase will lead to this phase, not that it's going to stop and now I have to do this. It's just a, a constant flow. And if you realize, for me, if I realize that once I understood the flow, then I could maybe incorporate all that flow into what I'm flowing into so yeah. that it, it wasn't like a stop and a start. It was just a flow, a constant flow, 
that I recognize probably in my 40s that, you know, this too shall end and this shall begin. Yes, but it doesn't have to stop and start. It's mm-hmm. just a constant wave and I'm riding the wave so that I don't have to start and stop anything because there's nothing to stop and start. This is my life. Yeah. So my life is a continual flow. Um, I learn lessons along the way. Some work, some don't. But if you can incorporate that into a flow state instead of a stop and go state, um, I would I would tell people that pay attention to the flow. Yeah. Pay attention to how you're flowing. If you don't like the direction you're flowing, take another boat, right? But you don't have to stop. You don't have to stop and put an anchor in and say, this is this is the end. This is the stopping point. It's not. It's raise the anchor, take another boat, redirect the boat, redirect your sails and go. You don't have to look at it as a stopping and starting thing because that's exhausting to me. Yeah. Stop and start and stop and start. You know, right now I'm going through some things that um, I've experienced earlier in my life. Now I can handle them much better because I've already experienced them. So I know there's no stopping the experience, but there is the way that I can incorporate it into my life that says, you know what, I can do that better. I can experience that better for me because it happened before. This is what happened, but look at how I reacted to it. And now I don't have to react that way. I can just let it flow because I know it's going to end anyway and stop. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. And how do you how do you harness your inner goddess? What do you do on a daily basis? For me, I have well, this is a ritual that I do um, in the morning. Of course, after your tea or coffee or whatever, I can't do anything without my tea. So right, um, right. I have, to have tea first, and then I shower. And in the shower. I know I post about this a lot about, you know, cleansing yourself and how it cleanses your aura, but I actually um, remove any energy that I picked up overnight because you can't pick up things overnight as well. Um, I remove that. I ground myself in the shower. I um, encircle myself in white light before I get out of the shower. And then I start to pray. And for me, it's the rosary. Um, So I pray the rosary every morning. And that to me is uh, my meditating time. Um, a lot of people like to meditate. I like to play, pray the rosary. And I'm not saying any one is better than the other. It just is for me. And then I can listen to what my day is going to be like. And I can project what I see myself doing, doing during that day. And as this projection, I'm, this is a new practice that I'm incorporating now, which is kind of new to me. But I'm projecting what my day will look like, what my week will look like. And what I'm doing during those times. I love it. Yeah. So that I can be prepared because I'm a Capricorn and and we don't like to be startled, right? (laughs) Um, So I like to be prepared for things and things uh, like on a whim that just throws me right off. And I know that about myself. So um, I kind of prepare for the week. I see myself, you know, journeying through the week. I see the little bumps that might occur and then I can avoid them sometimes. Sometimes they have to be gone through, but I can do it in a way with grace and love for myself Mm. so that things are not so traumatic and not so, oh my gosh, this is happening and I got to call a friend and I got to talk for hours. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I can just go within and know that everything's going to be okay, which it always is. And it's gotten me this far, right? Oh, yeah. 
for most people, it's gotten them to that point in their life as well. We know we're going to get there. It's just how we're going to get there and how we choose to get there. So the flow for me and the way I look at the day in those that probably first hour of the day um, sets me up. Oh yeah. I do the same thing. I take a, I am a two shower person. So I take a shower at night, not to cleanse my body, so to speak, but just to cleanse my aura to get things from the day off of me um, because I am really touchy feely. So um, I can pick up on a lot of things during the day and um, I don't want that to go to bed with me at night. So I wash it off. I ground myself again. I encircle again and I pray again. Hmm. Kind of like my day. Um, It doesn't take a long time and it doesn't um, interfere with my day. And I find if I don't do it, the day is kind of like sideways. Yes. But if I do do what I'm supposed to do, the day goes the way it's supposed to go. And I'm blessed to have it that way. Beautiful. And, you know, I think those who follow us regularly are going to know this is going to become a very repetitive pattern with all of our guests and all the topics we talk about is what do you do in your daily practice to really live the things that you teach and that you you are a mentor in and that you also experience. And I said this on my last show with my previous guest. I said, I have the five things I do every day before I get out of bed, before my feet even hit that floor. And like you, Diane, I pray, I stretch my body, I do my breathing, and I also do forgiveness all the time. And, you know, really think about what I'm grateful for, what I am just blessed for as well. And until, and this is only 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't take long. And I think many people get frustrated as we're aging or we're transitioning. You know, some of you might be really young and might recently have only started moving into being a mother or something along those ways. And that is something too to think about um, in relation to, we're not just talking about as we get older, but we're talking about every life transition as well, right? And so I think that's important to think about that you have to have a practice, you have to live your practice. And when you do that, everything just seems to get better. All right, Miss Diane, I am really excited, you know, since we've been talking about the importance of practice and really engaging these things in daily lives, in our daily lives, we have an event coming up with our beautiful friend Jillian Small in April that we're going to be talking very specifically about all these different things, um, you know, really how to begin to shift our life, to change the things that we really want to, to heal the things that we need to heal. So since you are in charge of our event, I'll turn things over to you here real quick. Anything that you can share with the listeners right now that they can start to anticipate? We're really excited about this event. And actually, this is kind of like a segue into the next segment of my life is I'm going back into the public eye. Um, and in doing so, I'm inviting people that I respect and know and love. And you and Jillian are two of the most brilliant people that I know. Um, we're going to be doing a live event at the new, um, gallery that I'm going to be working at, um, which is, I haven't worked in, uh, any type of place for probably four years now, four or five years. Um, so I'll be back out in the public, but our event is going to be sharing how to kind of like unbecome and become yourself again and what we do in our lives to unbecome and then become. Uh, We'll be doing some EFT tapping. We'll be learning about what that is, what quantum EFT tapping is um, from Jillian 
and you'll be doing the unbecoming part of it. Um, at the end, I'll be doing the Reiki experience, which I'm so passionate about Reiki right now. It's insane. Um, and learning new aspects of Reiki, which is really exciting for me. But anyway, this event will be um, April 4th, I believe, um, in Livonia, Michigan. And it will be our grand opening month. So um, we're really excited to have you guys. And graciously, you guys have accepted to come here um, to be with me. and. Um, kind of like my soul sister here, Melanie, who's opening the shop and it's called Wiccan Candle and it will be in Livonia. The grand, the opening will be probably the second week in February. Um, and then in March and April, we'll be doing a lot of events in there, but yours is like so spectacular. I can't wait. Oh, I'm excited. I am so excited. And I'm telling you listeners, if you are anywhere near Michigan, so if you're in the Midwest, um, right there in that portion of Canada, even in, you know, New England aspect, you know, it's not a far drive. I was very surprised and it's a beautiful area this time of year and mm -hmm. it is going to be absolutely amazing. So stay posted, stay posted. I will have the information on the radio page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash in a revolution. So you'll see that there, you'll see it on the Facebook page um, and also on Instagram as well as Diane and Jillian will be, you know, really pushing this out. So we are excited and thank you for inviting me to be a part of it because there's no one else I would rather be doing a live event with. So thank mm -hmm. you, sister. You're welcome. Thank you. Because I told Melanie about it. I said, okay, we have to have this event. I don't know what it's going to be, but it has to be with Dr. Renee and it has to be with Jillian. And we have to figure out how to get them together. <laughs> And luckily, all three of us live really close, you know, so this is really nice, you know, within nothing more than a half a day is like nothing to me anymore. After yep. you travel to India, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, six hours. Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. So, <laughs> so, you know, I always hate when we get to this part of the show because I want to talk with you forever. And I know we really didn't even get a chance to talk about Reiki, but, you know, we will certainly have you on again as we start to um, have our series coming up in the next couple of months of all the different healing methods and techniques that are out there um, and going to can be comprising some volumes of different things for people to be able to learn about maybe some of these strategies they know nothing about. And I love Reiki, but we'll have you back for that for sure. So it's time for the legacy question here as we get to the end of the show. And this is what I call the footprint in the sand question, meaning the impact that you're having on um, people, the world, the collective, and all that you do. So when you think about, you know, getting to that phase in your life and you're looking back and you're pondering about the impact, what is it that you really hope that you will have done or have left behind for the next generations? I posted this, this was my recent post and it was inspired by you going to ask this question of me. Aww. And I'm like, what am I going to say? And I pottered and pottered and want, and I get my messages in the shower as well. So Anyway, I got out of the shower. I do too. It, right? That's crazy. We're sneaky angels. And I'm like, why up. are you in my shower again? <laughs> so it's embrace every moment of space, tag it with an, with an energetic hug. And when I heard that, I'm like, what does that even mean for one, right? And I think when you just walk, through life and you walk by people, um, you're giving them your energy. You're giving them an energetic hug. 
and that is kind of what I'm I'm about now. I think I'm I'm going to yeah. incorporate this more and more into me. Is I want to leave people better than I found them, even if I don't know you, you're a total stranger. I'm going to hold the door for you, or I see you in the grocery store and I'm going to smile, um, not on purpose, but just because I want. I feel the need to leave that energetic footprint in the form of a hug yeah. to everyone that I come across. And when I talk to people or DM people, I, they, when, they, when they get the DMs back, I can, I can feel that in some way we've touched each other's lives. Yes. So that's kind of my, my answer to that question is I want to energetically touch people now. Ah. Uh. I love that. And you do, my beautiful friend. You absolutely do. So if you guys do not follow Diane, I don't know what is wrong with you, but get on social media right now and follow this woman. So Diane, can you tell us how can we follow you on Instagram and other social platforms, website, anything else that we can get in touch with you? Okay. So on Instagram is where I am mostly. Um, and it is intuitivespirit.life. On Facebook, I am Intuitive Spirit Life. I am also Diane Reiki, if you want to follow a little bit of Reiki stuff in there. I'm Diane Reiki on Facebook. Also, too, um, I will be in charge of the Wick and Candle, which is on Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to reach out there as well, follow there as well. There's a lot of information that we got um, coming up for that. Yeah. Talk about Reiki and um, crystals and healing and, and just a plethora of things. Um, so Wiccan candle. And I think that is it. Yeah. Right. Isn't it nice when you have to think about, well, how do people reach me? I don't right. know. What are my contact, you know, my information again, but yes, you are doing a lot. And the Wiccan candle on um, Instagram, they have some amazing um, shows coming up already. Their guests. I saw that lovely woman coming up here in a little bit. So there's amazing things. Check them out and you are going to be in for a great, great surprise as they open their doors to welcome yet another generation of healers to the world. So I'm really right? excited to be a part of that. Thank so my you. Mom, anything, any last words, any last you know, aspects of wisdom, our dear crone, that you want to leave our followers with today? Yes. A crone doesn't have a wart on their nose, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a mole. <laughs> and it's not this, well, there you go. But it's not this big, long nose and this little witchy thing going on. A crone is a beautiful person. Yeah. A crone is, you know, wisdom, grace. We embody it. And so I am trying to, my evolution now is to embody that that dignity and wisdom and grace and hopefully I do it well enough um so that I can embark that on others as well so don't be afraid of this crone stays because it's it's like amazing now I feel very enlightened I feel very life is not so heavy um so maybe you can incorporate that into your 50s 40s and 30s as well yes. uh, and pay it backwards I don't know and I hope that that helps you out some Brilliant. Brilliant. And you heard it here. You don't have to wait till you're 50 or 60 to feel this emotional freedom. You can feel this at any time. And it's so important yeah. that we begin to watch the energy of how these different aspects of our archetypes work within us. Because as Diane said earlier, that inner critic can get really loud. And I'm now teaching my 11-year-old to tell it to shut up 
and moments Mm -hmm. and to be quiet in others and to say, I'm ready to hear in others as well. And you get to decide, you get to control um, the listening and the volume and the ability to hear all of that. And so the power lies within us, dear goddesses, right? And so check out Diane. Yes, here. And Diane, thank you so much for being here in the Inner Revolution. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Love you to pieces. Okay, love you right back. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Yes, we will. And everyone, for the Inner Revolution, I am your host, Dr. Renee. And for our beautiful Diane, um, thank you for being here with us for this wonderful discussion on the goddess mother and looking at the different archetypes of the feminine energy and how to really move through life with grace and dignity and love and to not be so fearful. We will be back yet for another amazing show next week. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Inner Revolution with Dr. Renee. Tune in again next week for another fabulous episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Mudre, or you can check out my website at www.transcendentheart.com. Talk to you again soon.